0: All right, hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Thursday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to discuss as the Islanders head out to St. Louis to take on the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis Blues tonight in another important game. They're all important at this point in time. We'll talk a little bit more about the Islanders debut of Jean-Gabriel Pajot. We'll also talk about the controversial hit by Jacob Truba on Michael Dalcole, the NHL announcing shortly after the game there would be no supplemental discipline. We had a poll up on Twitter yesterday. We'll talk about the results of that poll, and uh, let's see what you all thought as to the NHL's decision. We will, of course, have this date in Islanders' history looking back at a big matchup against the Dynasty Montreal Canadiens, and we'll have a whole lot more to talk about on today's show. Don't forget, if you want to chime in, if you have a question, a comment, a topic you'd like us to discuss, shoot us an email. The address is lockedonislanders at gmail.com. Leave your name where you're from, and we'll be happy to mention you on the air when we discuss your email and your topic of choice. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles and take part in our polls and get the latest information and news going on around the Islanders. And you can also follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. Don't forget, tonight. Islanders Blues, we'll talk about that, but right now, let's talk a little bit more about the NHL debut uh, of the newest member of the New York Islanders, Jean-Gabriel Pajot, and Islander fans really have to be pleased overall with what they got out of Pajot. I mean, look, obviously there's 20 games left uh, in the season, exactly, as of right now, and you got to get a bigger picture than one game, but uh, the goal, certainly big, he was a plus one in the game, you're talking about, you know, three hits in this game that he made, which always is, uh, you know, a good sign, and two shots on goal, so, Involved and then coming to the rescue, essentially, uh, of Michael Dell Cole. Michael Dell Cole showing passion, showing that he's going to stick up for his teammates. Really showing uh, that he wants to fit in here. And you know you can't ask for too much more in the debut. The only problem is, of course, by picking up 17 minutes in penalties with about 15 minutes left in the game you know, he took away another player from the lineup, and the fact that Andy Green was already out of the lineup, uh, the Islanders all of a sudden two players short, and yet they still managed to come back and tie the hockey game. Overall, big picture uh, from that game against the Rangers on Tuesday night, you had to be pleased with the amount of shots, with the way that the Islanders seemed almost revitalized. And I think what happened at the trade deadline had something to do with that. Essentially, what Lou Lamorello did was say to the players in this locker room, I believe in you. I think you guys have a chance. I'm giving you some more weapons to work with here. Let's go get it. And that vote of confidence really is something that benefits this hockey team. Now, both Green, uh, you know, Green, gotta hope he can come back. Pajot should be back, uh, obviously, for uh, tonight's game in St. Louis. And, of course, we'll keep you up to date on all the injured players on Twitter. Cal Clutterbuck now down in Bridgeport, probably looking at an early next week return, assuming there are no setbacks And the early indication from this past weekend's games in Bridgeport was that Clutterbuck did not look like he was ready to return and play NHL hockey. And if you think about it, that also makes sense, that a player whose game is based largely on physical play, on hustle, on, you know, throwing his body around, sacrificing his body, being positionally sound defensively, a player like that has to be in NHL shape, in in ready-to-play condition in order to be effective, and, you know, it'll take a couple of games, I'm sure. No doubt the Islanders miss Clutterbuck, but the one thing you don't want to do is rush him back. As for Casey Zizekas, he's still at least a week and a half, I would say, away, uh, maybe two weeks, and it's going to be a little more time But now, after this trade, there's a little more depth that, you know, if Zizekas needs a few extra days or Clutterbuck needs a few extra days, the Islanders have some pieces in place that it is easier for them to deal with that missing piece uh, than than it would have been before the trade deadline. So uh, good signs right there. For the New York Islanders. And, uh, you know, the other thing about Pajot that people mentioned in, in a few articles in passing, but I think it really needs to be discussed the Islanders kind of in the middle of the pack right now in the faceoff circle. And, you know, right now in faceoff percentage, the Islanders are 17th out of 31 teams. But Jean Gabriel Pajot is a 52% career faceoff guy. In the game against the Rangers on Tuesday night, he took 14 faceoffs and won 10 of them. Look, here's the rule in hockey, and I don't have to tell you guys this, it's fairly obvious. If you don't have the puck, it's very hard to put the puck in the net. Uh, yeah, every once in a while you'll get that crazy bounce, and, and that'll help you a little bit someone will shoot the puck in off their own goalie, off a skate, off a stick. But 98% of your goals are going to be scored when you shoot the puck at the net. And for that, you need possession of the puck. Pajot is going to help this team get more possession of the puck than they've had in the first 60 games. And that is a good thing for the New York Islanders. All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we will have this date in Islanders history. We will preview the game against the Blues, and we have a lot more still to get to right here on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, welcome back, and uh, look, we wanted to talk about the hit uh, on Michael Dalcall that was delivered in that game on Tuesday night by Jacob Truba. Uh, that's what started the fight when Pajot came in and took on Truba, got himself kicked out of the game, quite honestly. But the NHL decided not to discipline him, said it was a clean, full-body check. Uh, No question there was contact with the head area, so Islander fans not happy about it. But even on our poll, there was some division in this one. Uh, Two-thirds, well, 60% uh, of the people in our survey on Twitter said that Truba should have been suspended or fined for that hit, 40% said no, he shouldn't, don't know ma- how many Ranger fans got involved in the voting, but uh, 60-40 in favor uh, of the suspension, but if we assume that most of the people who voted were Islander fans, the fact that 40% of the Islander fans that voted said he shouldn't be, uh, you know, maybe maybe the NHL made the right call, It was to me borderline. I don't think there was any intent and you know to injure on the play. I don't I don't think he, you know, Truba has a reputation of being necessarily that kind of a player. But the issue was, yeah, he did get him in the head. There was a blow to the head. It was not purely a blow to the head. And the big issue, of course, Dal Cole had his head down. And You know, I saw on Facebook, for example, so many uh, old-time hockey players, uh, one of them being the uh, former Ranger and Whaler, uh, Chris Kitsopoulos, weighing in and saying, hey, they drilled it into my head from day one. You got to keep your head up. And look, Dal Cole's head was down, no question. He was looking down at the puck when he got hit that way. And yeah, he was a helpless player, The NHL is trying to cut down on those hits, but they basically came down and said, hey, it was a clean hit, no intention to injure. He didn't just get the head and they sort of let him slide. I think if Trubel was a repeat offender, if he was a guy who had a few suspensions for questionable hits, late hits, headshots in the past, he would have at least gotten fined, probably gotten a game or two suspension, but because he doesn't have that reputation, because Dal Cole was not seemingly seriously injured on the play, overall, I think the NHL decided to let him go. But our unscientific poll, 60% said he should have been fined or suspended, 40% saying he shouldn't. The Islanders and Rangers, will not meet again this season unless somehow they meet in the playoffs but uh, you get the feeling that whether it comes later this year in the playoffs or whether it comes next year this hit may very well be revisited in some way shape or form before you know the careers of Truba Dalcole and uh, Pajot are over. So, put this one in in the back of your mind. Put it in the memory banks there and let's see what happens with it. But overall, Truba gets away without a suspension. Now, the other thing that I loved about this game is the resiliency that the Islanders showed. And we've talked about this on the show a number of times, but they just keep showing more and more Resilience. Look, they were down three to one midway through the third period. Already without Green, who was left the game in the first period with an injury. Pajot was in the penalty box for the rest of the game. Dal was shaken up, obviously, on that hit. So you're down a couple of guys. You have been outplaying the Rangers for most of the game, and the opposing goalie has been standing on his head. And yet, the Islanders did not quit. They found a way to rally. They came back. They tied the game. They got one goal first, you know, with about, what, six, seven minutes left, and then pull the goalie and managed to tie the game in the final seconds. Clutch goal uh, to tie it, and then you know, Brock Nelson, how many clutch goals has he scored? Nelson, second on the team with five game-winning goals behind only Anders Lee, but just a a a great game, a great effort to get that tie and force overtime because it, it would have been so easy to be frustrated taking what, in, in the game, they took 45 shots on goal and only managed to score the three, but What did they have? 38, 39 shots at that point. Only one of them had gone in to get those two goals, to stay the course, to say to yourself, hey, you know what? If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to get a few. That takes confidence. That takes persistence. And that takes a certain amount of faith in yourself that only winning teams have. And the Islanders showed it, picked up a point. They they really could have used two but they picked up an important point, and look, at the end of the season, that point is going to come in handy. The other thing I have to say, Simeon Varlamov, you know, what has he played the last six games in goal he's gotten the start, and he has really, for the most part, answered the bell game in and game out, and the Islanders certainly uh, have to to thank Varlamov, as of right now, you know, again, the Islanders have played the 62 games, Varlamov has started 36 games, Grice, 26, through the first 37 games, they were even, and, and since then, Varlamov has sort of captured the starting job, you look at the numbers, Varlamov's goals against average, uh, 0.14 goals against per game, better than Grice, the save percentage. 918 for Varlamov, 916 for Grice. The stats are fairly even, but at the end of the day, Varlamov is the hot goalie right now, and he is going to get the majority of the games in between the pipes for the New York Islanders as they head down the stretch. Now, if he has a couple of bad games in a row, or if Grice has a few good games in a row, that rotation may change, but right now, Barry Trotz riding the hot hand, and I think he'll continue to do that for the rest of the season. All right, we're going to step out. When we come back, we will look back at a great game as the Islanders dynasty and the Canadiens dynasty go head-to-head right around the time of the changing of the guard, and we will preview tonight's game in St. Louis against the defending Stanley Cup champion Blues. All this and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to February 27th, 1979. Islanders and Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens at this point, the three-time defending Stanley Cup champions. They came into this game 42-11-8. The Islanders, who had finished the 1978-79 season with the best record in the league, came in just behind the Habs at this point in the standings at 39, 11, and 10. So two heavyweights going at it, and it was the Canadiens breaking out on top. Larry Robinson, the Hall of Fame defenseman, his 16th from Guy Lefleur and Jacques Lemaire at 14-10. That made it 1-0 Montreal, but the Islanders struck back. With Robinson in the penalty box for holding, Stefan Pearson scores a power play goal, his seventh from Dennis Potvin and Brian Trottier at 17.42, and after 20 minutes, the game was all even at 1-1. The goaltenders, by the way, uh, in this game, Ken Dryden in between the pipes for the Canadiens, Batlin Billy Smith in between the pipes for the Islanders. Two Hall of Fame goalies and a a lot of Hall of Fame players in this contest. In the second period, the Islanders break on top with another power play goal. Mario Tremblay off for high sticking early in the second period, and Dennis Potvin converts his 23rd from Mike Bossy and Trottier at 125. Islanders were up 2-1. The trio grand line struck again At 5.33, it was Clark Gillies, his 28th from Bossy, and the Islanders had a 3-1 lead. But these Canadiens teams were three-time defending Stanley Cup champions for a reason. They get back in the game, Mario Tremblay, his 24th from Guy Lapointe and Yvonne Lambert at 17.57, and that made it a 3-2 hockey game. But in the final minute, of the period, Bob Nyström, his 14th from Stefan Pearson at 19:12, and it was four to two Islanders after 40 minutes. That goal making a big difference in the momentum heading into the third period. The Islanders don't take their foot off the gas. Gillies, his 29th from Trochay and Bossy at 7:45. Then Billy Harris, his 11th from Dennis Potvin at 13:53. Islanders at that point up 6 to 2. Then Clark Gillies completes the hat trick, gets that milestone 30th goal. Bossy and Jerry Hart with the assist at 1841. The Canadiens got a little closer in the final 19 seconds. Bob Ganey, his 15th, from Ray John Uhl and Doug Jarvis. Final score in this one Islanders 7, Canadiens 3. And a strong overall game for the New York Islanders. Canadiens outshoot the Islanders 41-35. to But Billy Smith with a very strong game to lead the Islanders to victory. Gillies with the hat trick on four shots in this one. Brian Trottier with three assists. Mike Bossie with four helpers in this game to pace the way for the Isles. You look at the Hall of Famers in this game. We talked about Billy Smith, Dennis Potvin, Clark Gillies, Brian Trottier, Mike Bossy. Those are the Islanders Hall of Famers, plus both coaches. You have Al Arbor uh, and Scotty Bowman. Guy LaPointe, Guy LeFleur, Serge Savard, Larry Robinson, Bob Gainey, Jacques Lemaire, and Kenny Dryden. That's a lot of Hall of Famers in this game. Guy Lafleur, by the way, led all players with seven shots on goal. So, this date in Islanders history, it was the Islanders downing the Canadiens at the Coliseum 7-3 on February twenty seventh, 1979. All right, Islanders and Blues meeting for the second and final time this season. Uh, Tonight, the first meeting came way back on October 14th, and the Islanders beat the Blues by a score of three to two. But now the shoe on the other foot is the two teams will face off in St. Louis. For the Blues, they are 37, 17, and 10 on the season. And uh you could see why they are successful. Top ten in both goals for and goals against, eighth in goals for, ninth in goals against the power play, fifth in the league at 24.1%, the penalty kill a little shakier, 18th at 79.5%, but the Blues in first place in the Central Division at 37, 17, and 10, four points ahead of the Dallas Stars, five points ahead of the Colorado Avalanche, David Perron, their leading scorer, he has 24 goals and 59 points, Ryan O'Reilly, leads the team in assists with 44, he has 56 points, Braden Shen, 22 goals, 51 points, Jaden Schwartz, 20 goals, 51 points, so a lot of balance, a lot of scoring uh, here for the Blues, Jordan Binnington, the hero of the Stanley Cup run last year, he started 46 games, he's 28, 11, and 7, a 2-6-1 goals against and a 9-11 save percentage, three shutouts this year for Binnington, Jake Allen serving as his backup, he's got some pretty decent numbers as well, 18 starts, 9-6-3, and a 2-2-9 goals against average, and a 9-23 save percentage, he has one shutout right now, and, uh, we look at the line combinations for the Blues. Ryan O'Reilly centers the first line with Schwartz and Shen flanking him. Robert Thomas is the second line center. His wingers, Zach Sanford and David Perron. The third line is Tyler Bozak centering Alex Steen and Jordan Kairou. And the fourth line, Oscar Sundqvist. He is the center. The wings are Ivan Barbashev and Sammy Blaze. The defense pairings right now, Carl Gunnarsson and Alex Petrangelo are the top pair, the middle pairing, Marco Scandella and Colton Pareco, while the third pairing, Justin Falk and Vince Dunn right now, so that is the situation, couple of players injured for the Blues on IR, Jay Bomeister who will miss the rest of the season after that uh, heart incident that took place a week or so ago. And of course, Vladimir Tarasenko uh, also missing, and he is a big part of the Blues offense when he is healthy. Islanders don't have a lot of wiggle room here. This is a game they more or less need to keep on winning, and, and that's going to be true for the rest of the season, no matter how you slice it. You look at the standings, and one win, and the Islanders could tie the Flyers for third place, be within a point of Pittsburgh. One loss, and uh You know, Columbus could pass them uh, and, and take over fourth place. So they're all important from here on in. We're in the stretch drive. Should be a good one. Tough road contest. Let's see what the New York Islanders can do. We, of course, will bring you a full recap and analysis of this game tomorrow. We'll also preview the weekend's games, including the Butch Goring retirement ceremony that's coming up on the 29th and we will have this Dayton Islanders history and a whole lot more. Make sure you join us for that. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. It helps other Islander fans and hockey fans find the podcast and helps grow the Locked On Islanders family. I'm your host, Gil Martin. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.